You've worked hard for what you have, your money, your assets, your 401k and home. Isn't it all worth protecting? Nearly one in four consumers have been a victim of identity theft. LifeLock Ultimate Plus helps protect your finances with up to $3 million in reimbursement. LifeLock alerts you to identity threats you might miss. And if your identity is stolen, your dedicated U.S.-based restoration specialist will work to fix it. Let LifeLock help protect what you've worked so hard for. Save 25% off your first year on LifeLock Ultimate Plus at LifeLock.com slash aware. Terms apply. Hey, y'all. The Story Collider needs your help. We want to know what do you like about the podcast and what can we do better? What were your favorite moments? What do you want more of, less of? All of those things. So if you have a few minutes today or anytime this week, visit storycollider.org and take our brief listener survey. It'll be a big help as we plan for next year. Thanks. A science story, huh? It was that tall. golden moment. Because science was on my side. Hi everyone, I'm Ben Lilly, and welcome to the Story Collider, where we bring you true personal stories about science. This week's story is from Wes Hazard. It was recorded in September 2016 at the Oberon Theater in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Uh, So I, for the last uh, decade plus, have been a stand-up comic in Boston, and it has been the great privilege and project of my life. I really love it, uh, but there's all different kinds of nights. And I want to tell you about a night that was my greatest professional achievement as a comic, uh, the weirdest night I've ever had doing comedy ever, and also the closest I've ever come to death. Um, Yeah, and that last part is because when I was 15, I was diagnosed with Crohn's disease. And in the years since, uh, it's gotten a lot more awareness. But back then, I had to rely on my doctor's uh, layman's term definition, where he explained that Crohn's disease is an immune disorder, uh, where if you imagine a normal, healthy person's uh, small intestine as a four-lane highway, uh, a Crohn's disease patient will sometimes uh, will go down to two lanes or sometimes just get completely blocked off. Uh, and I've been dealing with that for a while in day-to-day. Unfortunately, it does not affect me that much, uh, which is great. But when it's bad, it's really bad. It's gotten uh, pretty scary a couple times. And my doctor has always told me that, dude, straight up, you got 10 out of 10 Crohn's disease, all right? And uh, even though I've never been a particularly strong or interested student in the hard sciences, uh, this experience has given me a lot of perspective on the stresses and perils that the human body can get into. So that's been fun. And uh, this was back in 2010. Uh, It was a Friday, Friday the 13th. I should have known something was going to be bad. Uh, And I'd been having a rough week with Crohn's. Uh, I was uh, feeling uh, just generally weak, pretty nauseous, not eating particularly well, not a lot of energy. But I am booked that Friday night to do a show uh, at the Comedy Studio, which is a comedy club actually right up the street in Cambridge. Comics love to go there. It's always a fantastic time. The audiences are really great. And that night, I'm just laying in bed. I don't want to go. I just want to sit here watch Netflix, I don't want to move, but I'm booked. I don't want to be that guy who cancels, they have to find a replacement, whatever. And also, it is a really fun time. I don't want to deny myself of having that good show. So I uh, decide to just suck it up, go down, and I go down and do the show and have a good set. It's uh, actually a very good set. I have a good time. Uh, There's a bachelorette party in the front row, uh, which I don't know if you've ever been to a comedy show. Generally, that means death, all right? Uh, But they were fantastic, all right? We're interacting, things are great, I'm loving it. 
I get off stage and I'm like, cool. I'm really glad I came out. I don't even feel that bad. I have like the stage rush, the adrenaline. Like, you know, I don't feel particularly awful. I'm like, I'm glad I came out. Awesome. Sit down to watch the rest of the show. About 10 minutes later, I uh, just, uh, you know, realized, oh, okay, I got to pee. Let me go to the men's room. So I get up, go to do my thing. I'm standing at the stall doing my thing. About five seconds in, I just get hit with a wave of, oh, no. Like, this is bad. My heart rate just jumps. Uh, I start breaking out into a sweat, and uh, I'm just starting to panic because I have a little bit of perspective on pain and panic and, you know, what could happen. And uh, I will tell you, again, perspective. I have had nights where it hurt so much uh, that I couldn't lay down. I had to sleep in, like, an office swivel chair, uh, you know, sleep in an office swivel chair. I've had days where I vomited vegetables that I'd eaten five days prior that came out pretty much intact because I couldn't digest them. When I was 15 and I went into the emergency room for the first time ever, I was five foot seven and I weighed 77 pounds. All right, so I know a little bit about what can go wrong. This is a whole different category. This is like panic mode, alarm bells are going off, very, very bad. And the last thought that I had was, everything is wrong. Like I just had that thought. <laughs> and then I wake up and I'm like on the ground and I'm looking up and there's a dude with brown hair, he's standing above me and he's freaked out, he's more scared than I am. He's like, I recognize him from the crowd. He's like, oh my God, are you all right? And he's like, you know, he's helping me up. He's like, do we need to call anybody? Should I get someone? I'm just like, no, cool, cool. I'm just, give me a second, give me a second, give me a second. And like, to this day, like six years later, I don't remember if he saw my dick when I was on the ground. Like I just, I don't, I, I can't recall, I don't know. I wake up at night panicking sometimes, like, oh, did it happen? I don't know, whatever, but <laughs> if he did, he was totally cool about it, right? So uh, he didn't say anything. He gets me up and like, you know, he's like, can I help you up? And like, sorry, cool. We get out and uh, we move out into the hallway. Now it's a comedy club, very tight architecture. I got my back to the men's room door. There's about a two and a half foot hallway. You got the server station right here with the cash register. Right across the hall, there is the woman's room door. People know that something has happened. They're coming up to me. Someone gives me a glass of water like, hey, do you need to call anybody? And I'm just like, no, no, I'm trying to deescalate. Like, don't worry about it. I'm going to be fine. Everything's cool, which is a complete lie because immediately after I said that, I passed out again, this time off my feet and crashed through the woman's room door, all right, yeah. So now I'm in there, body in the woman's room, legs out in the hallway, and this time I wake up uh, to a girl standing over me, and all she's saying is, this is the woman's room. Like, that, like all she had to say, all right? Like, clearly the comedian you just saw on stage, massive distress, like, mm, wrong bathroom. And like, even then, I'm all discombobulated. Like, I just passed out twice in public. I'm panicky. Uh, I had the presence of mind to like think, like, mm, you're a bad person. Like, I had that thought, right? Like, you know? <laughs> so they finally, they, they get me up. They make me sit down and like, dude, we should really call somebody. I'm like, no, just give me a, you know, a couple minutes. I'm going to be fine. I drink some water. I wait about 10 minutes, and I'm actually able to walk out under my own power. It's like down three flights of stairs. And now what a rational person would do in this situation is like take a cab to the hospital. What I attempt to do is take the bus home, okay? Uh, <laughs> Not my finest hour, but whatever. I walked three blocks, three blocks to the bus stop, and I'm waiting forever. And finally, I ended up actually, I just take a cab home. And uh, it is not good. This is a bad night. Uh, I get in my place, uh, barely. It's getting hard to walk. I'm in a lot of pain at this point. Uh, heart still beating really fast. And uh, I know from past experience, having been in the hospital multiple times, that this is like, you know, this is like a pretty high event. I'm definitely going to be hospitalized. I know that for sure. But... It's 11 o'clock at night. So my reasoning is, okay, 
I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to wait in the morning, until the morning. I'll call the hospital ahead, tell them I'm coming. I'll call my mom. I'll have her come pick me up, take me, take me there so I don't have to, like, take, you know, an ambulance or a cab. You know, just ride out the night and just, you know, make it all nice and easy. Just casual, like, you know, basically. Uh, and I do that. And so, I, you know, I spend a horrible night. I get, like, like, three hours of ragged sleep. I'm, like, puking into a uh, shopping bag next to my bed. Things are not good. In the morning, I call a Children's Hospital, which I still went to, even though I was 26 years old. And... Um, <laughs> Hey, like, hey, things are bad. Like, all right, cool, come on in, we'll expect you. I call my mom, I'm like, hey, mom, it's as bad as it's ever been, you gotta come take me to the hospital. She's like, all right, cool, be right there. Uh, and I start packing a bag, because I know I'm gonna be admitted. So, like, you know, I'm packing t-shirts, some books to read, and I'm not taking this as seriously as I should be. I'm, like, half watching an episode of Mad Men, all right, like, whatever. <laughs> like, you know, and, like, I, what I don't know, the, the factor here is that uh, I, am, I am bleeding internally. Like, I'm having a massive hemorrhage. That is why the previous night, when I'd risen up to use the bathroom, gravity was like, ha, ah, there's no blood in your body anymore, and that's why I fainted. So, uh, again, I don't know that, though. So, uh, I'm doing all this just, like, you know, taking it real easy, taking my time, when all of a sudden, I get hit with the most urgent need to evacuate my bowels that I've ever had in my entire life, all right? So this is a problem because I can, one, barely walk at this point, and two, the bathroom is all the way across the apartment. So I get out, and like I'm supporting myself on the kitchen counter, on the back of a recliner, I'm like duck walking against the wall, supporting myself, finally plant myself on the throne, and I just start releasing the most foul, viscous, jet black wave of satanic stuff that you've ever seen or smelled in your entire life. It's just awful. It's real bad. And it's jet black uh, because that's what happens when you've been bleeding into your stool for the past three days. I did not know that. Again. Uh, and at first, it was kind of relieving. I'm like, oh, God, thanks. Oh, that felt great. But then, very rapidly, I'm like, oh, my God, I don't even have the strength to sit up anymore. Like, I am rapidly losing that ability. And eventually, I'm like, oh, my God, I got to get. So I just made this leap. I leapt into the bathtub and just I'm laying on the floor of the shower, which I knew then that things were probably pretty serious because I am a stone-cold hypochondriac. Like, right, if I, like, touch my own foot, I have to immediately wash my hand with antibacterial soap, whatever. But I am laying on the filthiest surface of the entire house, and I could not care at all. I'm just like, oh my God, the shower floor is just so cool and sweet and relieving. And my roommate had just showered like 30 minutes over, so it was a little bit damp too. I was like, oh, this is beautiful. And like, I'm just thinking like, oh my God, I could, just, I could just pass out here. I could just totally just go to sleep right now. Just let it go. Just, 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 mm, I feel, feel comfortable. I can, mm. And then eventually I'm like, Get out of the goddamn bathtub. You're not dying in here, Wes. All right, so I jumped up, threw some underwear on, jumped out into the, uh, the living room, threw myself on the couch, and I shouted to my roommate, like, yo, Dave! And he comes out, and he sees me, like, in that condition. He's like, ah! But then he looked into the bathroom and saw all that mess, and he was like, ah! And, like, <laughs> that is when I knew that I'd probably live because I still had my sense of humor. Because when he screamed, I was like, <laughs> ain't got nothing to do with me. I'm going to the hospital. He's cleaning that up. Like, so whatever, like, you know. So I was like, all right, we're probably all right. And then my mom gets there. And uh, by the time my mom gets there, things are really bad. Like, I'm literally 
dying. Like my body is shutting down. I can no longer walk. I'm in immense pain. I'm, on, I'm this close to passing out. And I'm on the third floor. My mom and Dave, they each have to throw an arm around their shoulders and walk me down. And I'm walking, and they're walking me down. And at one point, um, again, I just have almost no body function left anymore. My neck just like snapped back because I was just almost lifeless. And uh, my mom, to this day, like she says, like, you know, I'm her only kid. She's like, uh, baby, when I, when I saw that, I'd never been more scared in my entire life. Uh, and they get me out and they throw me in the back of her Toyota and she drives like a madwoman to Children's Hospital. And I know that because I started out laying down in the back seat. <laughs> and by the time we got there, I was in the footwell because like she's just weaving through traffic and everything, whatever, right? This is her only son. Uh, and we get to Children's and uh, the triage nurse sees me uh, and this is when I knew things were bad because like, she was like, oh wow, okay, no, uh, we, we gotta get him upstairs right now. Uh, he looks wicked pale. And I'm like, I'm black, like that's, that's like, <laughs> pale and me should not be in the same sentence, all right? So, all right, I'm very worried now. Uh, and, they, and they get me in there and they ended up taking out uh, 16 inches of small intestine. Uh, uh, that time I'm in the hospital for nine days. I was in ICU for most of it. Uh, fun fact, uh, if you go to Children's Hospital uh, at 26, uh, you will get kicked out if they place you in the room of a two-year-old blonde toddler, which they did. And his parents saw me with a full beard and were like, mm, none too happy about that. <laughs> and that's why I go to Brigham and Women's now because they will kick you out. Um, but the reason that I say that that is my greatest professional achievement as a comedian is this. Uh, there are very, very many hilarious comedians in Boston right now who have come out of Boston, absolute legends. I have been doing this more than a decade. I am not famous at all. Most of you will probably never hear me after tonight, but I am the only comic in Boston history who dropped a pretty decent set with massive internal bleeding, all right? Like, yeah. <laughs> That was me. You can have the Tonight Show. I did that, all right? You guys have been fantastic. Thank you so much. That was Wes Hazard. New England native, Wes was named one of five Boston comedians to watch by the Boston Globe magazine. Wes is a multiple-time winner on the Moth Story Slam stage, and his book, Questions for Terrible People, is forthcoming in October 2016 from Adams Media. If you enjoyed today's story or are a fan of the podcast, please consider writing us a review on iTunes. It's a great way to help new listeners find the podcast, and we love sharing these stories. We're grateful for the support of the Simons Foundation, who helped make all of this possible. The Story Collider is produced by me, Brian Wecht, Aaron Barker, Ari Daniel, Christine Gentry, Skylar Bear, Shane Hanlon, Rosie Waldron, and Liz Neely. The podcast is produced by Zoe Saunders, and the theme music is by Ghost. Special thanks to Oberon for hosting the show, and to Public Restrooms for always being there for us. Thanks for listening. 